Hello, my friends. I'm Paul. It's the Deeper Daily Podcast, and it's the sixth day of December. Thanks for joining me today. It's the 10th day of Advent. We are taking our time and just relaxing into this season, having the hope that has been shared by 20 centuries of believers, the hope of Christ and who He is, both in the literal sense and in my personal spiritual sense. But even earlier than that, we are participating in the hope of centuries of people from the times of the Old Testament on who awaited the arrival of Jesus, who saw in the arrival of a Savior. They didn't know His name would be Jesus, but saw in the arrival of a Savior their hope. Now, we can argue over what their hope meant to them. Some people, of course, had the hope that he would be a military leader who would crush the armies of the world. Some had a hope that he would be the ultimate priest who would stand in the temple and offer up sacrifices from a place of perfection. Whatever the hope was, it revolved around God bringing some form of deliverance. In the end, it was God wrapping himself up as a man and then dying underneath the powers of darkness so that he could resurrect new life onto the earth, which seems to be what he desired to do all along. After losing the first Adam, he would just become the last Adam. I want to take you to the book of Isaiah today, chapter 60, and read for you three verses on our Advent journey. Look at these as words of prophecy, but as much as anything we've read yet, Watch it how they incorporate all of us Gentiles into the journey. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness the people. But the Lord will rise over you, and his glory will be seen upon you. The Gentiles shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. Now these are moments that are fulfilled in the life and ministry of Jesus, the glory of the Lord that rises upon the earth everywhere he steps his foot. There's darkness and deep darkness, but the Lord shines through him. I think it's the prophetic vision in the early chapters of the book of Luke, probably a text we'll get to here in Advent, that says that in the regions where there was great darkness, light sprung up. Everywhere Jesus set his foot, light sprung up. But then the Gentiles get to come to the light. And that's us. All of us get to revel in the light that is Jesus. We too get to walk into this image, this picture of who he is. This is not merely a statement that would occur in the life and times of Jesus, though I believe that is relevant. It's also a statement that extends all the way up to us, that all of us get to step into the light. I would say this in addition. In my recent book, Greater Than Jonah, I did some work in one chapter on trying to show Jesus as the one who takes the gospel to the other, the Gentile. Nineveh is Gentile. Jonah is called to go preach to Gentiles. He's the first prophet in the Old Testament who's given a specific message to a people outside the people of God. I mean, we do have 
stories of people speaking to the nations or the people outside the people of God, but no prophet goes to deliver God's message. Jonah tries not to go. He goes. You know the story. Jesus comes along as another version, calls himself greater than Jonah. In in our book, we do a whole passage on Jesus dealing with Gentiles, and I even try to combat that famous story where Jesus goes to the Syrophoenician woman. I combat the interpretation that makes it look as if Jesus is reluctant to touch her or to heal her daughter because she's a Gentile dog. I don't want to give away the chapter, but I think it has a little more to do with Jesus talking to the disciples about how they feel about that woman than it is Jesus talking to us about how he feels about that woman. Because if you want to know how Jesus feels about that woman, read the rest of the story where she gets everything she wants. Everything she believes for is hers. He's not a reluctant savior. He's not a savior that goes, oh, well, I'll only give it to her because she's persistent. I don't really want to. I really only want to bless Jews. I don't want to bless Gentiles. That would have been a Jesus that is not compatible with the prophetic voice of the Old Testament. Let me read it again. Isaiah 60 and 3. The Gentiles shall come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. So what are they going to do? Come to the light and he goes, eh, you don't qualify. No, everyone gets to come to the light. It's kind of like everyone gets to come to the table. As far as I'm concerned, as far as I can see in the New Testament, everyone gets invited to the table of the body and the blood of the Lord Jesus. It is not the table of the church It is the table of the Lord. If it were the table of the church, then we might have something to say about people within our culture and within our context who qualifies based on what we believe or what our standards are. But if it's the table of the Lord, then it's got to be the context of the king himself. It has to be what he says. He has to take in who he wants to. And my thoughts are, if he'll take in Judas Iscariot, who do I disqualify from receiving the body and the blood of the Lord Jesus? So I would say this. If the Gentiles come to the light, it must be because they're welcome at the light. So wherever his light has fallen upon you, rest in its warmth. Rest in its goodness. And just in this season of darkness, anticipate that because it may not look like it today, but the sun rises again and joy comes in the morning. More in our Advent journey tomorrow. Have a great day. God bless.